Welcome to That Thing with James J. Asher II, uh, episode 71, I think. I'm your host, James J. Asher II, joined by... Emily. Emily's back. <laughs> and uh, there's a crazy thunderstorm going on right now. Like, I was getting ready, I was taking a shower for this to look all clean and everything, and I thought Emily was like bumping around. I was like, what's with all the thumping? What's with all the loud sound? And why does it sound like it's coming from outside the wall? Well, it's because there was loud sounds coming from outside the wall. It was thunder. We have our uh, first thunderstorm here in how long? I don't know. It's been a lot of rain, but not a lot of thunder. Yeah, it's been quite a bit of rain, but not not a lot of thunder. Um, Well, today we are dissecting an article. An article I came across. (laughs) Shit, we should read Edgar Allan Poe instead. What were you saying before we started this? I said that it felt like Edgar Allan Poe was about to pop out and start reading me something new. Yeah, that'd be cool. I've got some Poe up there. Yeah. Some Poe tree. <laughs> uh, well, a couple, we- couple weeks ago, I came across uh, an article that pissed me off quite a bit. I read it to Emily. And um, she seemed to share some of my um, displeasure for the contents of this article online. And I just wanted to share it with you today. Um, give me a second while I pull it up. You can, you can talk to Emily while I figure this out. <laughs> so what are you up to? Uh, not much, you know, enjoying a day off. Listening to the rain. It's a day off work? Oh, yes. Sounds like some asshole's car alarm's going off. Yeah. Well, yesterday, apparently last night, some Transformers blew, so there were a bunch of videos of just lights, bright light bursting. Like the, um, the Megatron and Optimus Prime Transformers? Yes. They were blowing each other? No. You said Transformers Blue? Oh, no. All right. Well, speaking of blowing, uh, this article blows. <laughs> it's at Inc.com. Um, the title is Three Reasons Millennials Are Getting Fired. Uh, subtitle is A Backlash to Millennials Mindset at Work is causing some to get fired. Here's why. Written by J.T. O'Donnell, founder and CEO of WorkItDaily.com. I forgot if I mentioned already, this article I found on Inc. Um, So I have a day job so I can pay my bills. Um, If you want to help me not have to have a day job, Become a donor at my Patreon, patreon.com slash that thing with James. And it'll give you peace of mind to know that you were supporting uh, true, not sold out, not compromised artist. Plus, you'll get access to my very short stories that I publish on there on occasion. Anyway, okay. So for my day job, I have to read um, a lot of articles online written by other people. I sort of uh, curate these articles, um, and usually, like 99.9% of the time, it pertains to 
career-related subjects. Um, so, without further ado, here's an article, much like many other articles I've come across, that pisses me off. All right, here we go. It starts out. Recently, I wrote this article explaining why millennials aren't getting promoted. In response to millennial readers' request for a deeper understanding of how being misperceived can negatively affect their careers, I'm taking it a step further and outlining exactly what is getting them fired. Employers are seriously fed up. To get a sense of how heated this has become, read this article by one irate employer and his prediction of the backlash that will soon ensue from the millennials' attitudes toward work. Additionally, this survey by Smart Recruiter of 28,000 bosses detailing where millennials were falling short is just one example of the data to support the huge disconnect costing some millennials their jobs. Here are the key takeaways millennials need to know. Now, before we go any further, um, is there anything about the beginning of this article that stands out to you? Anything about the tone? Huh? The first statement sounds like uh, someone that we know. Oh, like our Mm -hmm. landlord? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's an asshole. To me, it sounds like it's pitting millennials as this, like, um, it's, it's general. I feel like it's generalizing and dehumanizing instead of taking into account not everyone that was born between this date and this date are exactly the same. Yeah, there is no set uniform millennial. You and I are old millennials. Right. And there are sweethearts and shitheads and sweet heads and shit hearts in every generation. It's true. So I'm, uh, I don't think it's really uh, fair to say all millennials are this. Um, but there's more to this as we will go on. So let's proceed to key point number one. Employers don't want to be parents. Growing up, Millennials were coached their entire lives, and they unknowingly assume employers will coach them too. However, the relationship isn't the same. An employer pays us to do a job. We are service providers. Expecting extensive training and professional development to do the job doesn't make financial sense. In many employers' minds, especially small to mid-sized businesses with limited budgets and resources, millennials should foot the bill to develop themselves and make themselves worth more to employers. Tip. Millennials should do their best to proactively seek resources on their own to help them close gaps in skills and knowledge in the workplace. There are plenty of online tools and resources to help them put their best professional self forward. Additionally, they should seek out a mentor to privately ask questions and get guidance on how to make the right impression. Thoughts? Uh, okay, so they're talking about small to middle-sized in this, right? Mm-hmm. Those tend to be the companies that refer to as their family. Family-owned companies? 
Or they oh, call oh, the, the employees. They call the employees family. family so. Your day job is a smaller. Yeah. And they call each other a family. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, like, from a personal standpoint, if they're family, then shouldn't you be there to support each other and to rely upon each other for information that you don't know so that you can learn something? But, you know, what do I know? Exactly. And as far as, like, um, you're going to have to foot the bill yourself to get yourself educated on certain things you'll need for this job, let me use an example of my mom. Granted, she worked for a bigger company. She worked for AT&T. But when she started working there, they paid for and were happy to encourage and develop her and her knowledge and skill set by sending her to, like, several credit hours of college classes that were relevant to her job. Yeah. That's part of um, employee what's the word cultivation something yeah, I like think that would be cultivation yeah employee cultivation or or investing in your employee it is i feel uh, uh, if i were a business owner my job doesn't exist if my underlings don't have a job okay yeah in a way they are my bosses because they do the labor for me that I get paid more for. I get paid more for their labor. And then I get to boss around and do some different stuff, but without them, I cannot do my job. Um, without fry cooks and dishwashers, a McDonald's would not function. So it would behoove the person owning and operating a business to invest and help cultivate their employees all right and to encourage those employees with the lesser skills that are just coming into the field to get to that point so that they can move up and the the circle can be complete so it's not a bunch of dinosaurs right top and um what was i gonna say uh 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 uh, fuck what was i oh yeah Um, footing the bill for your own skills, courses, and stuff like that. There's all sorts of great online resources. There's free and uh, for pay um, online classes and courses and accredited shit you can take um, that you can pay for. But um, I feel the best time to do that if you're paying it for yourself uh, would be, say, between jobs or after you're already very well established in a position. If, you know, it's up to, I think it's the, um, business owners. It would be in their best interest to help you get established and then give you a solid foundation. So then you feel comfortable and competent enough to say, okay, I'm ready to invest in myself now. So there's that. And then there's also just say, like, you want to switch career paths. You want to get into a different industry. In that case, sure, pay for your own classes and stuff. Or if you're just curious, go ahead and do it. But the way this J.T. O'Donnell frames it in this article, um, it's extremely privileged on behalf of what sounds like a very fucking lazy business owner. Yeah. A lazy, demeaning business owner. Cheap. Um, 
And what else was I going to say? I don't remember. I forgot. Uh, so let's move on. Number two, the anti-work attitude isn't appreciated or tolerated. As explained here, millennials tend to work only the minimum time expected and will push for flexibility and reduced work schedule to create more time for other pursuits. Being demanding about when and how they want to do their job can be viewed as disrespectful. A great way to look at how some employers feel is the way the dysfunctional phone slash cable companies work. It's annoying when they announce they can come out only on a certain day. They can't tell you what time. And then they say they'll call the day of and give you a four-hour window when they'll arrive. While the phone-slash-cable companies have us trapped, employers don't feel the same about millennials. They'll fire millennial workers and find someone who can work when they need them to. And without the attitude. <laughs> Tip. In the early days and weeks of a new job, millennials can make up for what they lack in skills by being consistently on time. When an employer sees their commitment to work, they will earn tr her trust and respect, resulting in her being comfortable with their taking time off and even providing them with a more flexible work schedule. When millennials prove they can deliver on their company's terms, their company will give them more of what they want. Uh, first off, no they won't. Fuck you, no they won't. Merits don't fucking exist. You can give them every fucking ounce of your being, of your time, of your soul, of your energy, and they will still fucking piss on you and kick you out. Fuck that. Here's the way to think about it. If you give blood to a vampire, mm -hmm. the vampire's gonna keep going. Because yeah. that's what it lives off of and makes its money, or its life, in this case, off of. So when you sacrifice your own life... Say that again. When you sacrifice your own life for a job, and... Maybe that job isn't what you were passionate about in the first place. It's just something you're trying to do. You're trying to explore some new facet of life. Why should you give all of your time to that? Especially if you're supposed to be cultivating in yourself, right? To learn these new skills for the company. How are you going to do that if you have no free time or flexibility? Because classes aren't always offered when they on their time. So... On who's uh, on the workers? Mm -hmm. On the work or workers. Time. Right. You would have to talk to your boss and say, I'm going to need this afternoon off or this morning off or this day, this night off enabled in order to go to this class. I'm trying to invest in myself. And they will. See and the boss will say, are you trying to leave us? Yeah. Uh, so you think that we should all pick up your work? What makes you so special? Yeah. Um, also, as far as flexibility with schedules, I, I forgot what the date was on this thing, but I imagine it was pre-pandemic. I would hope so. Since the pandemic hit, a lot, a lot, a lot of people and companies have 
had to start working, uh, doing remote jobs. And that completely opened their eyes to how much time it actually takes to do a job, how much energy can be saved, uh, uh, you know, mental, emotional energy, how much money can be saved by not having to, you know, maintain an office space without having to commute. It just kind of blew all sorts of people's minds about, wait, I never realized I had this much time in the day. Oh, wow. I feel so much less stressed. Oh, I get to spend time doing other stuff. Oh, I never realized it only takes me like four hours or less to literally get all my tasks done for my job instead of eight hours of sitting around playing with my asshole. There there are countless studies, several books that are also, you know, just records of studies about bullshit jobs. and it's part of a broader thing. It's part of just uh, the capitalist system. It is part of the capitalist ecosystem. Um, bullshit jobs, needless jobs become inevitable. Wasted money, wasted energy, etc., etc. Simply because it's just the nature of how a capitalist system is set up. It is not, um, quote unquote, efficient. It is like one of the least efficient um, types of uh, systems of productivity one could make. Um, So basically, study after study shows that, you know, with most like kind of like office jobs, at least. I mean, it's different when you're doing service industry because you're hourly and you can't really control when people come in. But if you have like a project driven job, um, usually like a huge, huge, huge majority of people can get their jobs done in four hours or less. And study after study shows that the other four hours plus they spend at work are in needless meetings, which again, people have, you know, suddenly understood that they don't need to have a meeting about a meeting about a meeting um, with quarantine and working from home and everything. So again, um, Ms. O'Donnell, uh, fuck you. <laughs> and, and to think, you know, of course we don't want to spend our entire lives at work because it's, it's, very it, it's not super common to find employment in a profession that truly feeds your soul and your passions and and helps you grow as an individual as a human being simply because you are so fucking in debt and yeah. struggling with everything you likely just took a job because it might have seemed like the lesser you know, the least bad option. Meanwhile, all you're getting offered is a bowl of shit after bowl of shit. So maybe you're just going for the half bowl of shit. Yeah. So. Yeah, my my views before COVID, I was really big on like working, 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 trying to get money. And I still never really got super far ahead, you know, no matter how much I worked. Nowadays, I work and then I leave. When I'm done. Yeah. Part of part of um, capitalist system tries to convince you that 
uh, this is a meritocracy that you work on merit that does not exist nepotism uh, etc and it's ilk always 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 trump merit it is not the most competent and skilled both with hard skills and soft skill who rise to the top it's those who know the right people at the right time mm -hmm. that's it period onward to number three millennials happiness isn't the employer's responsibility millennials are pretty vocal about wanting work to be quote a fun end quote place to go sure. besides career development they also desire lots of cool perks and benefits to make their job feel more rewarding besides nice workspaces amenities like gym memberships healthy meals on site in-house parties etc are being used in an effort to attract and maintain millennial workers unfortunately this is backfiring on employers and that makes them angry in spite of all the perks to keep them happy millennials are getting these getting to these jobs and quickly showing visible signs of disappointment and dissatisfaction within months of joining the company so to summarize millennials want it to be a fun place where you don't have to wear a tie and there's ping pong and kombucha bar yeah. I mean, all, I'm into all of that. And still, <laughs> and still they seem dissatisfied and empty when they come in. Why? Well, probably because we all know that we're going to have to work for significantly longer than most of these other generations before us. We're going to be working forever because retirement seems like it isn't really an option. So we... Yeah, I want benefits. You're damn right. I'm going to be working till I'm dead, most likely. I want benefits. I need a gym membership so I can keep my body looking good. And also, like, having a sort of, like, a fun environment to work in aesthetically. Um, because, I mean, just imagine, and I'm sure there are other studies on the psychological effect of working in just a um, uh, fluorescent lit flickering fluorescent lit um cubicle farm Ugh. i've been in cubicle farms um as a child as a young adult i've been in cubicle farms and it's a prison yeah. it is fucking awful it is kafka-esque uh, the environment um but however even if you make the environment fun and have Hawaii Wednesday and all this other shit. You know, you can play Tetris and Pac-Man whenever you want. Get You can bring your dog, all this shit. It still doesn't change the fact that as a worker, as a person who does not own the company mm -hmm. or the means of producing the things that the company produces, it means you are not getting a share. As a matter of fact, it means you're getting cheated out of the labor that you put in. Yeah. This question was answered over a hundred years ago and some change by a little a, a fuzzy German man named Karl Marx, who answered the question of why are these people, even if we do all this stuff for them, why do they come in feeling dissatisfied? 
It's because our labor, we don't get to see and enjoy the fruits of our labor. It's because we are making um, what in Marxist parlance is referred to as a surplus of goods and services. And that surplus then gets turned into a profit. So basically, pre-surplus means you're making and selling just enough stuff to pay for your own work materials, pay for your workspace, and also pay for your basic necessities, food, shelter, etc. Anything beyond that is called surplus, the extra stuff. That's why you have companies who have so many products that can't be sold. We got to put this all on clearance. We made too much stuff. No one's buying it. Um, and we made a huge investment in making this profit. Yada, yada, yada. It's another episode. I'm probably going to do another episode on Marx sometimes, sometime. Um, but Marx said it's because, one, we're getting majorly shorted on um, payment for our labor. We're seeing the fruits of our labor, the fruits of our energy, our minds and our muscles, our time um, being taken from us and used and most likely unappreciated by someone else. Lining someone else's pockets. Light, you're well. lining someone else's pockets with your own hard work. So how the fuck are you supposed to feel good about that? And don't tell me it's for some greater fucking good. Onward. I mean, if you're if you're living in the fucking woods and you chop down trees and make your own fucking log cabin to live in that you're actually going to live in, not vacation in, I imagine you're going to feel really fucking good and accomplished about the work. And proud. And proud about the work you put into that. That's why artists feel... Um, I mean, sure, artists may have... Uh, mental and emotional problems a lot of times. However, you can't say that they are um, starving in their souls unless they're like clout chasers. If they are creating their own work for themselves, say like me as a writer, I feel extremely accomplished because I did all of this thing by myself. I put my heart and soul into it. It has meaning. It is not just some empty thing uh, to raise more capital for someone else, you know? Um, and I did the work myself. I feel good about that. Anyway, let's, let's move on. Okay, uh, so why are millennials so tough to keep happy? Part of the problem is how much external motivators were used on millennials growing up. Okay, oh, oh, I remember what I was going to say earlier when I forgot what I was going to say with like point one about we can't coddle you. We're not going to spoon feed you everything. I can't tell you how many fucking jobs I went to that I got hired on, for example, at Starbucks just because they were way, way, way shorthanded and desperately needed more laborers because it was the holidays. You're supposed to get a standard of two weeks of training. I got two days of training. Oh, God. Two days of training. And there's a lot of shit you have to learn. Recipes and everything. And once the holidays had settled down, and I made sure to tell people I never got full fucking standard corporate required training, 
Um, so I don't know how to do this stuff. Will you please teach me? They will say, no, I'm too busy or just flat out. No, I don't fucking care from coworkers, from supervisors. And they would fucking yell at me and get pissed off at me and infer that I was fucking useless and probably a slow learner because I didn't know the things that I didn't get because I didn't receive actual fucking training. Yeah. So that happens to so many people so often. So again, Ms. O'Donnell, fuck you. Of course you want to train your workers so they know what the fuck they're doing. Christ almighty. Are you going to tell a fucking soldier, like, hand them a gun and say, good luck? There's a way to do things that's right in a way that's going to get you absolutely nothing if you just tell someone what you want. That's not necessarily going to be a way to teach someone. They need you to show them and to have that there to provide them with, like, a sort of outline as to what's expected in the future. Yeah. You can't expect people to read your mind and then get pissed off at them when they haven't read your mind. Yeah. Let's move on. So, all right. Why are millennials so tough to keep happy? Loosen my tie for this. Part of the problem is how much external motivators were used on millennials growing up. Oh, is she getting at the everyone gets a participation trophy line? I believe she is. I'm like, what, was my Barbie Jeep my external motivator? Maybe. Was getting hit in the shin uh, with the hard plastic handle of a screwdriver when I was crying because I gashed my fucking shin open as a kid? An external motivator? Oh, God, man. I love you, Dad. (laughs) That was my sort of external motivation. <laughs> <clears throat> is getting guilt tripped and shamed and humiliated an external motivator? Ms. O'Donnell is living through two major economic collapses. Um, the inception and continuation of endless wars. Seeing my friends go off and come back fucked in the head. Completely different personalities now as to when they were, how they were before they went to war. Are those my external motivators, Ms. O'Donnell? In the book, Punished by Rewards, Alfie Cohn argues that millennials have an addiction to praise, perks, and other incentives to learn, better known as bribes. Thus, oh, so you mean that When I do good, I want you to fucking acknowledge it. Just as when you acknowledge when I do bad. I don't want you to suck my balls. I just want you to acknowledge the fucking work that I put in. Oh, and I also want to get properly fucking paid and compensated for the labor and skill I put into this job. A lot of these benefits that they're complaining about are... uh pretty basic human rights sort of things that you'd want to make them a little bit happier because when you're paying out of pocket uh, for health insurance and everything else, that costs a lot of money. And uh, we usually don't get paid that much. Again, privileged, ageist, stupid shit here. Um, Better known as bribes, thus 
when they get to the job and the newness wears off, they think it's the company's job to fix it with more incentives. But this is where the cycle of bribing has to stop. A company can only can offer only so much in the form of compensation and benefits. Oh, oh, but they can offer so much to the fucking CEO. And in the agreement they have with the fucking health insurance company, of which they only pay for 10% of your fucking premium, as long as you work 70 hours. Let's continue. A company can offer only so much in the form of compensation and benefits. The reality is that millennials, like all workers, must learn to find intrinsic motivation, internal drive for work, so they can find real satisfaction and success in their careers. Oh, mess! I'll. This is going to probably offend some people, but this is a pretty good illustration. Oh, mess! I love work. I love being your slave. Just oh. You don't get out that whip, master. I mean, that's a fucking slave. That's a fucking, like, slave becoming a slave trader. What's that called? What's the word for it? We just saw it in Django Unchained. I'm not going to say it. But well, don't say the N-word, but no, there was... I would never a, say that. What's the term? Like, there were former slaves who become slave traders. And like Django said, those guys are lower than the, uh, the head house N-words. Yeah. What were the guy like? Sus. It's like black slave drivers. Yeah, it's not yeah. good. You're supposed. Am I supposed to say? Oh my god! I, <laughs> I love um, this disparity in my life. You know, it's internal motivators. Excuse me. I bought you another car. Great. <laughs> what is that? That's just uh, how it feels sometimes when you're on the lower end, and they're like, "That's what she's asking for." Wait, can you uh, unpack that? That's a little... I don't get it. Like what you said, where people are building up off of your labor. Oh, yeah. They're making enough money to support themselves, to have multiple cars, and... Right. You know, they've got vacations and everything else. Meanwhile, your vacation is up the street. I haven't gotten to see my family. I spend almost every waking moment here at the Amazon factory, but I'm so happy... That Jeff Bezos could afford his, what is this, 11th or 12th mega yacht. <laughs> Who knows, but, you know, he doesn't approve of $600. That that kind of internal motivation? Oh, Amazon's also trying to fucking defund the post office. Yeah, of course they are. Did you know that? No, but does it surprise anyone? No. Uh-huh. Let's take a short break. Well, actually, we're almost done with this. You want to just knock it out? Yeah. Okay. Then I want water. Yeah, we can wrap this thing up after this. This will be a shorter episode, I think. Um, internal drive for work so that they can find real satisfaction and success in their careers. Since millennials haven't learned this yet, they're experiencing sadness and confusion in the workplace. Unfortunately, their happiness is transparent to or unfortunately, their unhappiness is transparent to employers who have no desire to pay for what they perceive as a bad attitude at work. <laughs> Tip: 
Millennials who feel confused and unhappy in their job should not blame the employer yet. First, they should seek some career coaching. Many millennials just need help understanding some of the basic elements of finding an internal motivation for work. Oh, oh, I got to find this internal motivation to get whipped by the slave driver. They need to they need to know their professional strengths and workplace personas. Oh, workplace persona. What am I just not supposed to be myself? Am I supposed to put on a mask and pretend to be someone else at work? Yeah. Because I feel fucking empty because of all this internal motivation I have. Um, the, def- the, the defining skills they'd like to grow so they can build up their specialties and find direction and motivation at the job. Also, circling back to when she said find a mentor, not as easy as it sounds. You can ask people, but they may not give a fuck and may not want to spend time with you. Because they're struggling to find their own internal motivation. And guess what? (gasps) They're not millennials. They're probably a little older than you and having the same fucking problems. Um, Millennials don't get mad. Get ahead. While the rest of of their peers continue to be misunderstood, smart millennials can make some simple changes and set the standard for what an outstanding young professional looks like to employers today. As this article points out, doing so could lead an employer to fast-track a career as an example to other workers. Why not benefit from the opportunity? Again, that's assuming meritocracy exists, which it doesn't. And uh, that's it. Um, August 4th, 2015 is when this was published. Let me uh, click on a little short bio here of J.T. O'Donnell, founder and CEO of Work It Daily. Loading. Um, let see. J.T. O'Donnell is founder and CEO of Work It Daily, a site dedicated to helping people solve their own career problems. You can connect with her on LinkedIn or Twitter. And there's a picture of her. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if I can find her net worth. She may not be that famous, but I don't know. Let's look it up. While I search this, do you have any uh, final conclusive thoughts on this article? And the person that wrote it and the tone and everything? Mm, I think it was trash. Unpack that. Uh, I think it's easy to tell other people how you expect them to behave when you're at the top. But it's really demoralizing, and it doesn't encourage anything but retaliation and people to be upset. Yeah. Um, That entire article sounded like it came from an extremely privileged position as a, I've been hearing this word a lot, PMC. You know what that is? No. Professional managerial class. Basically the new WASP, white Anglo-Saxon Protestant. Yeah, PMCs. It's like woke Pete Buttigieg type WASPs as PMCs. And that's exactly the kind of people that uh, the Democratic Party um, is filleting. Yeah, I mean, none of that surprises me. That's what they like. If, if you're poor, if you're trying to um, 
encourage and cultivate some sort of um, community and to create a more um, just and democratic and peaceful and fulfilling and educational um, community, well, Democrats don't give a fuck. (laughs) They want J.T. O'Donnell's vote. And J.T. O'Donnell wants you to find your internal motivator to go pay for someone else's new car. Um, that's it. Got Thank any, you, guys. Do you want people to, like, visit your Instagram? No. Well, I want people to visit mine and my Twitter. My handle is at James J. Asher. And, again, if you want to um, help me on my journey to become a um, petty bourgeois uh, PMC of great privilege, uh, you can donate at patreon.com slash that thing with james thank you all for tuning in again i love you please subscribe to the show if you're able to like if you're watching this on youtube write a comment and for all of you share the show with your friends i love you i will catch you next time bye